What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right. You are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new movie from Blumhouse Studios. That's right. The Exorcist Believer. Of course, we are doing that from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Let's uh, give it up first to the man who, after watching The Exorcist, decided that he was going to become an exorcist, but not the exorcist of what you thought about. He is the exorcist of getting the food out of the bottom of the jar that is hard to reach. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a hero amongst men and your future Nobel Prize winner for this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Oh, exorcist. Oh, I thought you meant expediter. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, I, 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 messed, I messed up. The, the problem was I was going to say you were confusing it with exercising, but nobody's going to fucking believe <laughs> no that. No one's so. going to believe that at all. <laughs> Never. All right. And then up next up, he is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, unless it's to go see the exorcist believer. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Diesel. Oh, hell no. I ain't watching that double shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what's the best is if anybody saw it, I knew we reviewed this a long time ago, but if anybody saw Candyman, the, the requel that came out, what was it, 2022, right, Ron? It was 2022, 2021. Yes, yeah, yeah. Remember, there's a scene where the the one, the, the lead female character is like, goes, the, she looks into a basement, she goes, oh, hell no, and shuts the door. <laughs> I'm like, that is what you should do in every horror movie. Yes. Never go to the basement, but uh, I do want to apologize. In the open, I kind of botched a little bit, and also, if I sound a little weird, I'm very congested. Allergies have now hit me hard, so I'm uh, taking a lot of allergy medicine, so I'm a little loopy, but I'm here, and we're going to have a lot of fun reviewing later on The Exorcist Believer. But before then, Ron, how has been your week? Well, week's been all right. Can't complain too much. Uh, was, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks were busy between DJing a wedding and going to a wedding, so it was kind of laid back this weekend. So I can't really complain too much. We're, you know, so far we're on the chapter three, I think, of Trinity of Dragons. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're working slowly through the first campaign of the D&D 5th edition and not remembering exactly everything that came from this. Oh. <laughs> like, I kind of remember because I also I ran it and then I also played it. So I kind of remember bits and pieces of it, but I'm trying to play it like you don't know. You it. don't know it. So, it, you know, and I'm missing some things and I'm like, oh, crap, forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, everybody's doing good. We haven't died yet. So that's a plus. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Diesel, how's been your week? Actually, not too bad of a week. Uh, work's been still a little bit rough, but we're getting through it. But, you know, after I went down to Williamsport the other week, I've rekindled my love for the modern game of Magic the Gathering, and I played in the RCQ this weekend here at Dragon Master Games with another 47 other people. <laughs> nice. And you finished 46. No, I actually started off really high. I started off 3-0, and then the wheels came off. Wound up going 3-3. Three and three. But I had a blast all day, and I got to try people out. It was great. Nice. Well, I'm glad you did well. I just wanted to pick on you because it'd be funny if you're like, no, really, actually, I came 47th. <laughs> I finished just outside of prizes, actually. Well, that kind of sucks, but it's kind of good for it, business. So all I've said at both events is I want to get three wins. 
So the first event, I only got two wins. This one, I got three wins, but then I got a little greedy because I got them all up front. <laughs> but yes. I did accomplish my goal. You got to spread them out a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. Got to go for the long game, Diesel. Uh, this week was good. Uh, very. Uh, I tried to keep it a little uneventful. I did go up and uh, uh, take me and my wife and uh, kid went up to Syracuse for a little afternoon lunch on Saturday. Uh, watched some wrestling uh, with Ken M. And uh, then, of course, uh, because me and Ron went at separate times, I went to see Exorcist Believer on Sunday by myself, which I don't mind going to see movies by myself. Uh, Fifteen uh, people or less in the theater with me, so that's always... <laughs> It's wonderful, especially when you're one of the big theaters. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it was it was a good weekend. Uh, being low-key because, of course, Wednesday I leave for New York Comic Con, and I'll be in New York City uh, Wednesday through Sunday, so that's going to be a little uh, taxing on the body. So I wanted to keep it as low-key as possible, so I, I, I got that goal accomplished. Well, uh, now that you know how our weeks are, we hope that you had an awesome last week, and we hope you have an awesome week upcoming. But now, before we can dive into the fun parts of the show, we gotta pay some bills. We gotta hit you with some of those opening shameless plugs. Of course, if you would like to find anything out about the 3FN Podcast at all, go to 3FNPodcast.com. Of course, there you will get all of our social media links. You will find our Public link. You will find our Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content as well as helping support the channel. Then on top of that, you can find uh, the 3FN podcast is there. You can stream the show from there. You can find friends of the show like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Uh, Ken M is over there. You can find stream it right from there. Go right over to their website. Also, while you're there, check out the musical directory. That is where the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCA's are. And of course, we want to give a big shout out to our friends Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song you hear at the beginning of each episode of the 3FN podcast. Podcast. So check them out and check out all of the other great bands. And remember to support them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last, but certainly not least, there is the sponsorship section where the people who uh, donate different things to us so we don't have to put commercials in the show and kind of help uh, stay there are. And also, you know, we like them a lot. So we're going to give a quick shout out first of all. Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and ready to put the pride back in your ride, Diesel, what do you call? 607-644-3389. Tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Also, Dubby Energy, the official energy sponsor of the 3FN Podcast. Go to Dubby.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. And at checkout, put in the promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number 3-F-N-P-O-D. And you will get 10% off of every order. Thank you, Dubby, for being the energy sponsor. Next up, our good friend Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Guess what? They announced that there's going to be a sale on tickets October 28th through October 31st. It's the first chance you'll get tickets, and they'll be at uh, the only time they'll be discounted. After that, tickets will go on sale on November 1st, as well as uh, the vendor tables. So go to SciFiHorrorFest.com for all that great information. And last, but certainly not least, our friends over at Dragon Master Games. They provide us with the 8122 Production Studio, so you should check them out. For all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you forget any of that, just go to 3FNPodcast.com, because it's got your hookup. Man, every week, every week we get there. And of course, I should have added into those plugs. If you want to talk pro wrestling... 
Nerd Initiative's YouTube channel every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Myself and Ken M. doing Wrestling Night Live. And while you're at it, uh, subscribe to the uh, Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Hit that uh, bell button and also that thumbs up on all the wrestling content so you can get more. And this past weekend, we did our pre-shows and our post-shows for WWE Fastlane. Uh, we did them the week before for AEW's Wrestle Dream and for every major pay-per-view and PLE going forward. We will be doing a pre-show and post-show as well. So check that all out at the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Now that we have gotten all those plugs out of the way, let's get into finally doing the fun stuff. It is now time to go over to... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. we got a few more people in the theaters this week, but coming in at number five for its second week on the list with $4 million, The Blind... Interesting. Okay. I I didn't know anything about the band. Yeah. Uh, on second week again, in the number four spot with six point one million dollars, the creator. Ron, you went yeah. to see it. Uh, I, listen, not a review, just thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. Spoiler free recommendation for the creator. I haven't seen it. Uh, I'll, I'll put thumbs in the middle because maybe I missed something, but it's it was. Eh. They're Mer- saying best movie of the year. Listen, it, it basically real quick summary: America bad. America fights I, AI. Basically, the concept. Of well, the that's where we're going. So, <laughs> well, I would also like to point out that if it is the movie of the year, it's is is doing not so well in the box office, yeah. man. Uh, coming in at number three with eight point two million dollars, Saw X. Another eight point two. That's good. They've definitely made their money back, and that's all that matters. And yeah. uh, hopefully, we get another installment. I like this one. Yes. Coming in at number two, Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie with $12 million. Oh, so good. The Mighty Shall Fall. <laughs> <laughs> and then number one, The Exorcist Believer with $27 million. Which is this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And uh, we'll talk about budgets when we get to uh, <laughs> the review. All right. Coming out this week, we really have nothing coming out this week. But movie theaters will be playing Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. Well, that's what's going to make all the money. I bet you that's the oh, one yeah. in the box office. Oh, without a doubt. Coming out next week, though, however, on October 20th, we have Killers of the Flower Moon, starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the one that looks... Very intrigued by that. Dicks, the musical. (laughs) The Canterville Ghost animated movie. And Malibu Horror Story. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that that week we're probably going to do the Fields of the the Moon there. Yeah. I think that's going to be the 3FM Movie Club review. But next week's 3FM Movie Club review, folks, is going to be for its 30th glorious anniversary a movie that we have been wanting to do for a long time and i think i speak for everybody at this table and that of course is the legendary sylvester stallone versus wesley snipes classic the demolition man yep i'm so in the three shells are coming back (laughs) the three shells i just i i cannot wait to review this movie i can't i can't wait to see it again i'm honestly i have not seen the movie in about 10 years last time i saw i was still very entertained by it so i'm hoping that stands true this is before Sandra Bullock was uh, America's Sweetheart. Probably the last time I saw it was like 25 years ago now. Guess what, though? It's going to be a treat. <laughs> yep. We're watching it for next week. Of course, it's easy for me to watch in a hotel room in uh, New York City. So that's uh, that's the long and just of it. So with that being said, Diesel, now that we have gotten past the box office, it is time to hit him with the signature. What is this week's top three? Well, it's October, baby. It's time to get spooky. What are your top three favorite movie ghosts? All right, I'm going to start this one off. Ghost Dad. (laughs) And years later, 
Bill Cosby was still trying that role. <laughs> Number two, though, on a more serious note, the ghost of Christmas past from the movie Scrooged, yep. played by Buster Poindexter. And uh, all I have to say, Niagara Falls, Frankie, <laughs> baby. Niagara Falls. And last but certainly not least, and uh, it just does count as a ghost. I had to get a confirmation on this. Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from the original trilogy because yep. he was a force ghost. Yep. So I, I also almost thought, honorable mention for number one, I almost thought about uh, going uh, with Anakin Skywalker just to mess with Diesel a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am all for it. But there are hundreds of spirits of dead younglings that are just like, this motherfucker can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker got to go. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine him showing up to the meeting like, what did you do? Uh, the, the women and children that are on his hands between that and the sand people. Oh, jeez. How, how did he get in? Well, let's be honest. The sand people aren't getting into Jedi heaven. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, great. Uh, Ron, what's your top three? Number three, all jokes aside, Casper. The real cast, <laughs> the real not Casper. the one we were talking about on Patreon. No. <laughs> uh, number two, the librarian from Ghostbusters. Just Very good. Just because that freaked me out yeah, when I was a kid. Uh, and number one is a little bit of a caveat because he technically dies in the animated movie and then makes his appearance back as a ghost through later series. And that's Starscream from Transformers and Beast Wars. We knew that was coming. <laughs> Diesel, what's your top three? All right. Coming in at number three, we got Large Marge from the Pee Wee Herman movie. R.I.P. Uh, Large Marge, but R.I.P. to uh, Paul Rubens yep. as well. Number two, Sam Wheat from the movie Ghost. You know, I, I, I'm i with Ron in our messaging thing. <laughs> I was like, who the f*** is yeah. that? And then as soon as you, he was like Ghost, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. That was Dude, yeah. It took I me. just knew his name was Sam. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was like, fuck. I'm like, I'm going through. I'm like, the only Sam that I know is a ghost is Ghost. I think Wheat was. I couldn't remember. No. The number one, it got us all the first time we watched it. We all just thought he was in a bad marriage, but that would be Malcolm Crow from The Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah, man. That's one of the greatest movie twists of all yeah. time, by the way. And and there's still some people that are like, well, the first time I saw it, I knew. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. It is actually kind of the most ingenious done <laughs> entirety of a movie. And when you watch back at the second time, they like realize you're like, man, that's fucking great. Yeah. Like it was there the whole time, but you have to know that it's there. That's damn good. Damn good. Great top threes. Great Diesel's movie triple stuff. But you know, when the triple stuff comes to an end, it's time to dive right into... Welcome to... Three Offense Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember... Gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it's time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week, we will be reviewing the brand new film, The Exorcist Believer. Or should I say The Exorcist Colon? Believer, because that's pretty much what there is there. I don't know. I saw the trailers. They look more like the Exorcist believers. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, it was still a little too scary for you. Oh yeah, fuck yeah! I was watching that shit. <laughs> you believed that you might shit your pants, and hence you did not go see it. But that doesn't stop us from going to you for a synopsis. But before we can jump into all of that, uh, we want to just give the ground rules for the Three FN Movie Club for anybody who might be new or anybody who might have forgotten. And by the way, if it is your first time listening to us, thank you so much for giving us a chance. Uh, go back and listen to some of the, uh, the older reviews and hopefully you stick around with us because we enjoy to have you along for the ride. 
So basically, this is how we do it. We do two parts. We do a, for all new movies, we do two parts. There's a spoiler-free and a spoiler-full f- uh, part. So first up, we're going to do the spoiler-free. So we're not going to spoil anything for you. We're just going to talk about, uh, Diesel's going to give you his uh, a synopsis of the film, which he didn't go see this one. So just like last week, I might fill in for him, but it might be real fun. And then after that, uh, we are going to go into the stats of the film, including who made it, who directed it, uh, who started it, all that happy jazz, before giving our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, uh, spoiler-free recommendation. Then we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to give you one final time of a warning before we jump into the spoiler zone. And that's where we'll do the full spoiler review of The Exorcist Believer before playing the game to find out what the scores from around the internet were. And then finally, giving our scores for The Exorcist Believer. Gentlemen, with all that being said, are you ready to dive headfirst into the world of the paranormal? Let's go. All right, well, Diesel, you're up. Man, I got a story to tell. Oh, hell nah. Two young bitches got the demon inside them. (laughs) But that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I can say I had a little bit more viewing from the Saw trailers. Every time the Exorcist trailer came on, I went straight to the phone. I was going to say, I don't think you've ever seen a snippet of this (laughs) film. Uh, So, uh, Diesel, not too far off. Yes, two young ladies uh, do get possessed. And, of course, uh, we're on the journey. And it's going to take us back to 1973 and uh, make this whole world a new requel version. And we'll talk about whether we like that or not in a minute. But before we can dive into that, let's talk about uh, the fact that it was released on October 6th of 2023, technically a week early, because it was supposed to come out on October 13th, but it came out a week early. Uh, The runtime of this movie, 111 minutes. The budget of this film, Ron had to look this up, so CNBC had it listed at estimated $30 million for the budget of this film. However, Blumhouse has paid a reported $400 million to the rights for The Exorcist to even make this film. Yes. So that means there's a trilogy, allegedly, depending upon how things go, and that trilogy costs Blumhouse... $400 $400 million. But the budget of this film was $30 million. Uh, as you heard Diesel say earlier in the box office, domestic total for The Exorcist Believer in its opening week, $27.2 million, And worldwide, $45.1 million. So it has made its original budget back, but did not chip too much into the $400 million that they owe for the franchising rights. Oof. So there's that. So if we're going to get the other two sequels, more people got to see this thing. I'm not telling you. We'll tell you in a minute if we uh, recommend you go see it or not. But we're not there yet because we got to find out first. Who made this scene? That's right. And the director of this movie was is David Gordon Green. And by the way, you're going to hear these names of the movies he's directed many of times over and over again uh, for other people as well. Uh, the first movie David Gordon Green was the director of was George Washington in 2000. Uh, he also directed Pineapple Express. Your Highness, and of course, we all remember that he, he directed the Halloween 2018 trilogy, which of course, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, and uh, reportedly, that's what killed Halloween. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, screenplay, of course, William Blatley was the man who brought us the original story, so giving him the big shout outs, but here's the people behind this movie. Uh, first up, there. by the way, four people. Peter Peter Sattler, who did the screenplay, the only other movie he ever wrote, Camp X-Ray in 2014. David Gordon Green returns for screenplay and story here. Uh, of course, the only other movies that he wrote, George Washington in 2000, and then the entirety of the 20, Halloween 2018 trilogy. 
Scott Teams is up next, and he just did the story, but Scott Teams, you guys know, because he's kind of the Blumhouse producer slash, you know, ghostwriter extraordinaire, if you will. Uh, first movie that he is credited for writing was a movie called That Evening Sun in 2009. He also wrote ha Halloween Kills. He wrote Firestarter, the remake. Yep. And uh, most recently, Insidious, The Red Door is all Scott Teams, but he's been more of a hands-on producer for Blumhouse than anything else. Next up, uh, and last and finally, Danny McBride. You know, he's not just a comedian, folks. He can also write movies, allegedly. Uh, the first movie he ever wrote, The Foot Fist Way in 2006. Yep. He also wrote Your Highness, and of course, he was the co-writer in all of the Halloween 2018 trilogy. So, 2018 kills, ends all Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. And of course, let's be honest, all of these guys... What TV show did all of them work on? Ooh, this one? Oh, I'm going to... Oh, because I know Judd Apatow was a crew with, like, Freaks and Geeks. I'm going to say um, Undeclared. Nope. Ron, do you have a guess? Freaks and Geeks. Nope. nope. Okay, so a couple of them, and I thought that you guys were going to get this first, was Eastbound and Down. But that's a couple. That was only a couple Not of yet. them. The whole entire group all works on the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, Okay. I would including the uh, rest yep. of the people in this crew, and including some people who starred in this movie. Okay, cool. So uh, a lot of righteous gemstones going down. Yeah, oh, you I, never saw it? No, I heard it's, it's really good. good. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Very good. You should check it yeah, out. Yeah, I never watched it, so I, didn't, I would never guess very that. Uh, director of photography for this movie, Michael Simmons. Uh, Michael Simmons' first movie that he was the DP on, Expatriates in 2002. He also did Paranormal Activity 2, and he was the director of photography on the entirety of the Halloween 2018 trilogy. You getting tired of that one yet? <laughs> Next up, we had not one, but two composers on this film. First up, you had Aman Abbasi. Uh, the only other movie, he did a lot of TV and stuff like that, but the only other movie he did, Warrior Champions in 2009. And the other man would be David Wingo, who has uh, done George Washington in 2000, and the movie Maggie, the zombie oh, he, flick with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. And also, he's in The Righteous Gemstones as well. Uh, there's a little trend there. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Well, now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Of course, uh, we always do a deep dive on some of them, and then we give you the little quick hits, and uh, I'm just going to pick the four or five, sorry, in this case, that I thought were the most standout. And, of course, let's go with the big star of the movie, Leslie Odom Jr., playing Victor Fielding. Uh, you remember him from Red, his first movie, Red Tails, in 2012. He did a lot of TV before then, but Red Tails, great movie, by the way. Uh, most of you, though, know him from when he hit it big because he plays Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Yep. Uh, also, he was in One Night in Miami and, most recently, Glass Onion. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. For, very, about that. By the way, very good in this movie, too. I think that he stole the show in this movie oh, completely. Yeah. Uh, next up, speaking of uh, people who are on the Righteous Gemstones, Jennifer Nettles, also a music singer, plays the role of Miranda. Uh, her only other big movie which she was in was Harriet in 2019. Okay. Uh, next up, the two young ladies who get possessed. First of all, Lydia Jewett who is, uh, plays Angela. She was in Hidden Figures in 2016, and she was also in Black Panther as the young Nakia. Oh, yep. Oh, cool. And next up would be the other young lady, Olivia O'Neill, who plays Catherine. By the way, her acting debut. Oh, nice. She's never been in any TV shows, nothing else. This was the debut. I want to say this. I want to give both these young ladies their flowers. They were both amazing in this film. Yes. Uh, contrary to what we'll say later on, <laughs> it wasn't were, done. They were amazing in this film. I give them all the credit in the world. Uh, next up, and lastly, to do the deep dive, she's back from the original Exorcist. Ellen Burstein plays Chris McNeil, uh, reprising her role, of course. Uh, first movie she was ever in, 
for those who think young in 1964. By the way, before she did this, she had about 20 acting credits on television shows. Yeah. <laughs> She's got almost, like, almost 200 credits to her name. Uh, so I did not deep dive, but I picked ones out that we all know and love, including uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yep. Red Dragon. Yep. The Wicker Man remake with oh. Nick Cage. Yep. <laughs> and she played former First Lady Barbara Bush in Oliver Stone's W. W. Yep. Well, yeah, you remember yep. that movie? Actually, good movie about George yep. W. Bush, Oliver Stone directing. Gotta love that one. So that is the deep dive. But hey, let's give some quick shout outs to some other awesome individuals that were in this film. Uh, we're going to start. Well, we can't talk about one of them because one of them <laughs> is a spoiler, even though IMDb spoils it right away for you. Uh, but we won't do that. First up, Ann Dowd, who plays Ann. Uh, Ann Dowd, you remember her from Compliance, Hereditary uh, would probably be a big one. Of course, you remember her from Garden State, Diesel. Oh, yep. Uh, so so great career. She's awesome in this as well. Uh, next up, playing uh, the one of the pastors is Raphael Savage. You know Raphael Savage from Once Upon a Time, uh, Risky Business, and Murder in the First, amongst other things. Uh, next up, playing Tony, uh, he's the father of one of the little girls, is Norbit Leo Butts. Uh, you remember him from Dan in Real Life, Fair Game, Give or Take, Disconnect. And last, but certainly not least, of uh, the shout-outs we're going to be giving today is E.J. Bonilla, who plays Father Maddox. You remember him from Gemini Man 4 and Guiding Light, where he played Rafi Rivera for three years. <laughs> I just wanted to throw in Guiding Light because I know we're all fans here. So with that being said, and everybody else that uh, we didn't give a shout-out to, good, good on you. Actually, I will say this up front. Acting was good in this film. True. Acting was good in this film. So with that, it is now time for us to give our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation, spoiler free. Diesel cannot give a recommendation because he did not see the film. I, I can give a recommendation. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Go give your recommendation. Fingers and a cross stay the fuck away from me, you <laughs> evil demons bullshit. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Ron, we'll go to you. Thumbs in the up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? I'm giving it a thumbs in the middle for the sole reason of I wasn't... I didn't mind the movie, but it all depends where it goes. Unfortunately, when we get into the reveal, you're going to realize that they probably fucked that up, too. So I'm going to say this. I am giving it a thumbs down. And I thought long and hard about this. And I'm going to tell you why. Spoiler free wise, and I'm not going to go any spoilers. The word that I associate with this movie and when we go into the full spoiler review is disappointment. And not because I'm disappointed that it's not it doesn't live up to the exorcist name. I was disappointed because the first half of this film is actually got a really good premise and you're like, man, I really want to see where this story goes. Halfway through the film is when it becomes the requel where that comes in and that then the movie becomes predictable and it follows the requel formula. And that's what makes this movie just blah to me. Yes. They started and, and why it's disappointing to me is not because of the name The Exorcist. It's disappointing because literally I was in the first they, I thought they did some great world building and I'm like okay let's see where this all goes there was enough like intrigue that you're like okay so what really happened and we're going to find out and this is going to be awesome and then boom we get and then when we do the spoiler full I'll tell you exactly where it was and then all of a sudden it just becomes formula requel and you're just like man they never get it back and it's also when it's not only is it a formula requel it becomes literally your stereotypical possession movie yes there's nothing different than any other possession movie at that point juncture so in my opinion they took something really good in the first half about the first hour of this film and they kind of just flush it down the toilet and i just can't 
I can't recommend it on that. And it, like I said, I've heard people hate it for other reasons. I just hated it because it's disappointing. I know some other people have called it soulless. I I kind of agree with it because I think that the soul was in the first half of the movie and they murdered that bitch real quick. Within when they switch over, it's gone. Yes, and I, I so I could agree with that, but I I, I go with disappointment because it was very disappointing to me. So with that. That is the spoiler-free section. We're going to take a break. When we come back from this break, we are going to dive into the spoiler full review of Exorcist Believer. All right, guys. This is Jill Whitlow from Night of the Creeps. And you are listening to the incredible, vivacious, three fat nerds. She left. For God, your blood was spilled and has flowed through the ages of time. For we know that. Father. Father, because of that blood, we were saved one day and claimed heaven as our home. Catherine. Catherine. So we praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. The body and the blood. The body and the blood. Catherine. The body and the blood. Catherine. The body and the blood. 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 And with that, we just creeped out Diesel completely, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Diesel, what's your, nah. thought, what's your thoughts about the body and the blood? Oh, hell nah. <laughs> Creepy ass little kids. <laughs> well, that is a clip from The Exorcist Believer. And of course, we are going to dive into the full spoiler review momentarily. But this is your final warning. If you have not seen The Exorcist Believer and you do not want the movie spoiled, this is your time to stop the podcast, watch the movie, and come back and hear us talk about it. If not, and you don't care, either you've seen it or you don't care to have, you don't care if it's spoiled, buckle up because we're about to jump on a real bumpy ride. Spoiler Zone has started and activated now, so here we go. And uh, if you have never listened to us before, we're going to start off by not necessarily going scene for scene through the movie, but we go through the bones of the movie. On this one, I think there's going to be a little more talking because I'm going to give away in the where the movie jumped the shark, if you will, or whatever you would like to call it. Sorry to disappoint me. So, And then we'll go into our likes, any other likes and dislikes we don't discuss here before going into the game and our scores. So, Ron, here's where we're going to start. Diesel, you can join in and ask any questions you need to at any time. So the movie kind of starts off like the original did, which is kind of nice. And the way that we don't start off in the town that this takes place in, no, 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 we start off down in uh, the Caribbean. Yes. So basically, uh, we find out that Victor and his wife are down there for photographing, and she is pregnant. And while they're there, she gets blessed by... I don't know. They never say if it's uh, uh, Santorini yeah. or whether it's voodoo. They never say, but it she gets doesn't bl- matter. basically these uh, priestess bless the uh, her <laughs> daughter and her body and say that, you know, nothing will come ill of this child. And she thought it was a beautiful blessing and it was wonderful. The only reason this comes into play is because red herrings. 
shortly thereafter, her husband and her separate uh, because he goes up to the tower to take pictures of the town, and she just can't make the walk because she's pregnant. She's tired. She goes back to the hotel, and an earthquake hits. Uh, he runs back to the hotel. By the time he gets there, though, we see that what has happened to the mother. She is crushed by the ceiling or the roof of the hotel while trapped in the stairwell while she was trying to get down. So before we go into the actual present day, there's a scene where the doctors come up to the husband and say, you know, your wife has been in a very bad position. And right now we uh, we can't save both of them. It's either your wife or the child because we can't save them both because to save one is going to kill the other. Yep. And next thing you know, boom, we're in present day, and we see Victor and his daughter, Angela. So we obviously know what the decision that was made was, correct? Yes. So now we're in present day, and when we beat Angela, she's a young lady about the age of 13. I think the girls yeah, yeah, thir- are like No, 13. they're 13, because it says 13 years old. Yeah, ago. yeah. So thir- she's 13, and she's going through, and she's finding some of her mother's things, and, and her and her dad are playing. They, they're very close. You can tell yes. this. And she asks her dad if she can go over to her friend Catherine's house to do homework. And at first, her dad's like, no, but then eventually he labors and he goes, make sure you're home by 8 p.m. So dinner. we make sure you're home for dinner. Yeah. You know, we, I figured it was eight. We'll say eight. Uh, but dinner's fine. <laughs> he says dinner. He, he does say it. dinner. But later when he calls, it's like 8 p.m. So I guess that was the draw off line, if you will. Uh, so now we go to the school and we find out there's something up because Catherine is saying she's going to someone else's house. And that person is not going with them. We find out what she's doing later, but the two girls wander into the woods. <laughs> Their friend was the diesel of the group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell oh. no. She, she did not want to go to the woods, so her, her uh, we'll just give it away. Her job was that if anybody called, she was supposed to cover for them. Well, they just went to the woods? Yes. Or were they looking for the Slender Man or something? Ah, so here's the, here's the catch. So what we do know in the beginning of this movie is they go to the woods and they find this weird, like, underground, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's like it, a tunnel, kind of like a vine, huh. something. So anyways, while they're there, they break out a candle, and over the candle with a uh, pendant, they're doing it back and forth, and basically they're trying to they're trying to connect with the spirit realm. And so the, whatever the spirit says to you, say out loud, and they're trying to connect to Angela's mother. Ah, oh, hell no, nah, that creepy-ass fucking Ouija board shit. <laughs> kind of, in a way. So we get back. Victor, you know, has got this, you know, he's taking pictures of families. It's not a great job, but it, it pays the bills. Is he like at Sears? No, he's got his own studio thing. Oh, okay. But uh, he comes home, and Angela's not there. So he calls Catherine's parents. She's, they call the other girl. The other girl gives it right up. Uh, they go searching the woods for their kid children, and that takes some time away. And you get to see the kind of... Uh, uh, you know, uh, flashback to Halloween Kills, if you will, where, you know, people are, are weirded out by the fan. You know, like, they start coming up with things like, oh, your daughter made my daughter do this. And, oh, you're, my daughter's, you know, I, uh, Victor's like, my daughter is, you know, all inside and stuff. She's not, she doesn't go do things. Your daughter's involved in things, so it would be on her. It's like weird, you know, you know, oh, yeah. parent bullshit. Yeah, so then we get the scenes of them putting up the posters and all that. So next thing you know... We don't know how much time has passed because they don't tell us on purpose. Right. But next thing you know, this is raining out and there's this... Uh, by the way, there's a weird scene where the neighbor, uh, who is his friend, Victor's friend, breaks into his house. <laughs> and he's got, once again, I don't know if they were Santorini or Voodoo, whatever, but he's, she, he's got the doctor, who's the priestess, and her followers blessing the room for the safe comeback mind you this neighbor is also like one of those christians that talks in tongues and handles snakes yeah oh pentecostal yes there you go 
I didn't. I didn't know it for a second. I didn't yeah, know what he, they do. He's, uh, he's he's his boxing coach. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. They they have a boxing coach scene. Oh, okay. And, and but, they're uh, and he's like, well, when my sister died, so he, so you know he's single. <laughs> that so it was it was, it, was, it was a little weird, but you know it's gonna tie in later, so we'll forgive it. So while this happened, the, you know the neighbor comes back to apologize. You know I'm your friend. I just was trying to help. You know, and he was like, don't worry about it. And he's I don't like, want that voodoo hoodoo shit in my house. <laughs> and he makes the he makes the comment though, she's out there and she doesn't have her raincoat. And I just thought that was an odd comment to make. Yeah, uh, I've watched a lot of like you know true crime with kids go missing stories. And that's one of the things, like, you know, little or kids, like, the father being concerned because she's scared of the dark and, like, she's going to yeah. be out overnight. I, I, can, I, can, I can forgive that. Okay, one. that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, anyways, we go down, go to a barn, and there's a horse down, and the son's got to go get, you know, the medical stuff. But while he's in there, he hears a noise, he opens up one of the pens, and here's the two girls, barefoot, inside of this stall. They go to the hospital. You start seeing... A, they do a really good job, but really over job of, like, treating this almost like when you watch crime shows. Like, they start processing them. Yeah. Like, taking photos of them naked, making yeah. sure they're bruises. Rape kits. Shaking, doing rape kits. Like, they don't, you know, obviously show show, but they show that they're going through that. So, it's kind of, like, traumatic in a way. And you notice that right away that they have different marks on them, and their feet are all fucked up. Both of them, like, burnt and yeah. fucked up. And... uh at this point, there's a conversation between Angela and her dad, and the detective comes in and goes, tell your dad how long you were gone for. And he's like, and she's like, I don't want to talk about that. And she's like, just tell your dad how long you told me you were gone for. And she's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I was a few hours late. And the dad goes, you've been gone for three days. So they're missing three days worth of time. Yeah. Yes. Like their story that they're both saying is that they... They got lost their shoes and they ran through the woods. The rain started and they ran. They finally saw a barn and that's where they went to the barn to get out of the rain, which was thirty miles away. Yeah, the barn was thirty miles away. <laughs> so, like this, it's really strange, but they don't give you all the deets. You know what I mean? On purpose. And that's and really thought, creepy. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I thought this was a good. This is why yeah. I said I thought that the beginning parts were really good at building this because you're like, wow. So now the girls go home and this is the first time we get to see like. Angela's looking at her father, but looks past him, and you kind of see like demon at what would become demon Angela behind him. It's really weird. And then there's like the scene where the lights flick on and off, and then all of a sudden she's there. She's like, "What did you say?" And he's like, uh, "I didn't say anything." Yeah. And she's just like, and leaves yeah. and disappears. Creep- creepily, just walk, turns and walks away. Fucking kids are creepy, man. The next morning, though, when uh, the father goes in to wake her up for breakfast, she has wet her bed full. Okay. So he goes to get her in the tub and stuff, and as he, he goes back in the room to try to clean up the pee uh, mess, he hears the door open in the bathroom. So he goes in the bathroom, and the tub is full of, like, just nasty water. Yeah. N- nasty. And when he comes out, she's hiding on him, and she sneaks up. She runs up on homie and, and walks him upside his fucking head. Eats his ass. Knocks him into the bed, knocks him out. So the next thing you know, she's back at the hospital, <laughs> screaming, yelling. They're cuffing her to beds. They're giving her, you know, putting her out night, night. Yep. And you find out the neighbor next to who's next door, who was kind of a, a bitch to be in that word, played by Ann Dowd. Uh, she, she's actually a nurse there. So she's kind of helping out, you know, at the, at the hospital. She's a nurse. That's her job. And she obviously knows Angela because her and her father live next door. And 
that leads uh, in the meantime Catherine kind of starts going through her decline at home as well that's where you get the scene that we played early on she ends up what you guys didn't see if you didn't see it visually is she goes into where they keep the communion stuff and she dumps the the, the she they don't show that part but you can see it covering her she dumps the juice on herself so she's covered in fucking grape juice and that's when she's out there looking fucking possessed going body in the blood yeah. and screaming it and so that's going on at the same time and her parents decide to keep her home he decides to put his daughter in a fucking mental institute. Okay. Get her the help she needs. We can't have people thinking we have a crazy person. Yes, yes. Different yeah, types go. of families. You've got different types of families. You know, obviously, I'll let you guess which one was the white family. Because <laughs> they took her home. I'm just throwing it out there. Anyways, there's my joke for the day. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, what we end up now is while she's in the actual regular hospital before they ship her over to the other one, she looks at Ann Dowd. Who is whose character is also named Anne, and she says something like Sister Mary Xavier, you you scraped you scraped that infant out of you. How do you feel, you sinner? You're nothing but a whore. And she says it in the demon voice. And that freaks out Anne. So the next day when after Victor's in putting her into the home, he comes back to the house and Anne comes over and says, Listen, I have this book and he's like, I don't need your holy roller stuff. I don't believe in any of that. Where was God when my wife died? Where was God, you know, when all this happened with my daughter? I just put my daughter in a mental institute. My 13-year-old, my baby girl, my life is in a mental ward right now because of something I don't understand. And the book she hands him is A Mother's Explanation, and it was written by Chris McNeil from The Exorcist. Okay. And hence, we're bringing Ellen Bernstein. And as they're on the porch, to convince him to read it, she goes, listen, before you go, can I just say one more thing? She said, you know, many years ago, I was going to become a nun, and I was ready for my Coventry test. And then I sinned. I fell short. And I was pregnant, and I decided to have an abortion, which was terrible. And my name that I was going to go by was Sister Mary Xavier, because you changed your name. I have never told a soul about any of that. But your daughter, last night, called me by that name and knew what I had done. There is something wrong. And so he goes in the house and he starts reading this book and he gets to a part where just like he's done and he's watching a video on YouTube of Chris McNeil and he gets to the part where she's talking about uh, when Regan in the first movie uh, is on the bed and she decides she needed help is that help me was scratched into her. And that's when she was like, I needed to help her. And that's why I started studying everything after to help other people. And he he looks at the pictures from the hospital and sure enough on his daughter, it says, help me. Okay. Yeah. So he we got the tie in. <laughs> so now they get together and they end up going. And this is where this is where it started to go downhill for me, because we go from this interesting perspective into now the requel zone. And it's not anything to do with Ellen Burstein, because I thought she was amazing. In this I thought her being back as Chris McNeil was awesome, although you could have taken her out of this movie completely and it wouldn't have mattered. Her the, plot line to this movie does not matter in the, the damn least. Exactly. Just have her be like the author of the book and just... You could have just done that. that, yep. So, because this first scene is okay, because when he goes and visits her, she gives her... When he comes to the house, she she knows what's up. She gives him a drink. Yeah. And she, they sit there and have a drink together, and he, she she then, you know, he tells her about saving her daughter, and she then turns around and goes, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me was writing that book, because yes, I was helping people, and yes, I learned about how every... She was like, every culture on the planet does an exorcism ritual. It's just different from everybody, but they all have one. There has to be a reason why, right? And that's and I've saw it. I, I you know I wasn't in there for the exorcism. She he goes why not? And he she goes well this is where they take her shot. Well you know in my mind patriarchy, but <laughs> but you know whatever. And so she's like I wasn't in there, but I saw the possession. I saw what happened. I saw the after effects. She was like it's very real. I saw it with my own eyes. 
and he goes, I need to help my daughter. And she basically says that she hasn't seen Regan since she wrote that book because she went into hiding and doesn't want anything to do with her. And all she wants is to make sure she's okay and she hopes she's okay. And so she decides to go with him, obviously. And they go to the hospital. And this is a part that they never pick up on again. And I'll talk about it later because I don't want to dive too far into it now. But as she's coming in, Angela's in her room with the window, you know, like, you know, the, a mental ward. And as she comes in, you know, you have the line you saw in the trailer. By the way, the trailer gives way too many lines away. <laughs> I just want to throw it out. It's a horde. Uh, so you hear the line, she knows who I am. She knows who I am already. And then, none of the, none of the other characters talk about it. As the, as this camera scrolls down inside of the room, you can see, because when they first came in, you could see her scratching something into the wall. She scratched Regan into the wall. They never talk about it. So I was like, oh, maybe they're setting up for the sequel, right? Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. So eventually, you know, the little girl's under the bed, and she's looking, and she's cowering. And she and that's when she's like, she knows who I am. She, she knows exactly who I am. And then they're like, where's the other little girl? So they go to the house. And their house is fucked. <laughs> yeah, it is. Fucked. The two kids and the mother are... Huddled in a corner trying to pray it away. Yeah. The father's like crying in a, in a bathroom, basically. <laughs> like, I failed. Yeah. I failed as a... father's a, a bitch. I, I'm, a, I'm a sinner. I failed. It's fucking weird, man. So Victor's trying to get them up. But in the meantime, Chris McNeil sees movement. And so, of course, it's Catherine. So and then she sees her at the top of stairs, and with no fear, she goes after that little girl. And basically, she gives her the, you know, let this girl free. You know, but before then, she goes, you're looking for Regan. She burns in hell. And she's like, she's, she's like, you're lying to me. I know. You're the devil. You do nothing but lie. Like, you, you, I, don't, I don't care. I don't want to talk to you. Because they're like, you can, if you ask me, I'll tell you exactly where she is. And she's like, I don't want nothing from you. As a matter of fact, I want you to get out of that girl's body. And she starts, you know, the power of Christ compels you. Yeah. She doesn't hit her with a crowd. That comes in later. Which is, I, I will give it a credit. There is a funny line later with that line. But uh, she, she goes into this whole thing. And there's a cross that falls from the wall. And they keep looking at it. So you know it's going to come into play. So eventually, she thinks that she's maybe scared the fucking spirit out. Nope. Just enough for the little girl to grab the cross and stab her eyes out. And let her know that she'll never see her daughter again because yep. you don't have eyes. Yep. And laugh. Hysterically. <laughs> yes. She stabs the mother in the eyes? Yes. yes. Stab, oh. well, she, well, she stabs she stabs Chris on McNeil in the eyes. So the, oh, from okay. the first movie. Sorry. Sorry if I okay. confuse you. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yes. By the way, it's very graphic, Diesel. You would not have yep. Yep. No, you can't do eye shit. So uh, next time we see uh, Chris McNeil, she's in the hospital. She's got the bandages on her eyes, and she's sitting there, and Victor goes, this is my fault. And then we get this dialogue. And this is where it started to remind me of fucking Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Because we get this dialogue about how, you know, in all my studies, I found that everybody has it. So we've already heard this. And then she goes, what, what, what will get rid of the devil is when you come together. Everybody has to come together. So now we get the Rocky fucking montage of like them fixing up Victor's house because to, to, that's where they're going to do this exorcism. And then, you know, you have the, the doctor, the, 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 the Santorini doctor yeah. or whatever. She's getting ready. You have the, the, the reverend trying to get the Holy Catholic Church to do the yeah. exorcism. You have the Pentecostal guy praying to his serpent gods and tongues. <laughs> you have... You have I, I should you know you have the pastor who I believe the pastor is from a Baptist church I'm yeah. assuming yeah or a free Methodist one he's, he's telling he's telling people a good day and then he sees the rest of the ragtag group because they're about to do a fucking exorcism man. the God Squad pretty much pretty yeah. much <laughs> so then they all go and meet and they're there and then the father shows up and, and Ron what happens with the father 
he, he like he just whimpers and like cowers around the whole fucking thing. He's like the church won't let me do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta get approval. Well, yes. Yeah. But he's like the church won't yeah. let me do it, and it's like, and basically Victor's like, stop being a bitch, man. Yeah. You, you gotta just fight whimper, the devil, just man. whimpers and cowards. Like it's so weird. So he gives his cross and his Bible to Anne. She, yeah. He was like, you are a woman of the cloth. You know, you can do this. I believe in you. <laughs> Ooh, tearing down the patriarchy. Right. But but still, but the fucked up part is like, I believe in you. Yeah. So they go to the backyard and, 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 and they're in the backyard and Victor tells everybody the priest, the father's not coming. And they're just like, well, then what the fuck are we doing? And basically Anne comes back and is like, I'm going to represent the Roman Catholic Church. I shit you not. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly much. how it goes. And they all kind of go rah, rah, and they all go in the fucking house. Well, the two girls are in there and they gave them drugs, so they're knocked out. But they're inside. We got the setup for Survivor Series now. Pretty much. Okay. But the best part about it is this is where in the chat, if you remember last night when I saw the movie Diesel, when I said if right before, if they were all to say evil dies tonight and start chanting it as they went in, it would have made fucking perfect sense. <laughs> and I'd have been like, this tracks. There's fucking nothing wrong with that one. Because that's what it kind of felt like. Am yes. I wrong? No, it felt like right. evil dies tonight. So they go inside the house, and now we're going to get the big exorcism scene. We're in the third fucking act. We're going to get the exorcism scene. And I wish this was a better exorcism scene than it was. It was mid at best. Was the uh, exorcism scene from This Is The End better? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Because here's, here's the thing. So the two girls are chained to these chairs that are bolted to the floor. Okay. And they all start their different things going on at the same time. First, Anne starts reading from, you know, the exorcism prayers. Yeah. And then all the other people are kind of joining in on the prayers. And then, you know, everybody's going in and the girls just start fucking mocking them. You know, at one, at one point, Junction, this is where you get the God lied to well, you. They, they also have hospital equipment. Yeah, and they oh, have they're monitor hearts. Yeah, they, like so they 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 hijacked hospital equipment for yes. this. Well, Anne has access to. It, we'll give a free. <laughs> right, also, but, so also so. she hijacked the drugs from the hospital. It, if you didn't notice, yeah, because they hij- showed the syringe in the bottle. Yeah, she's, so so she's stealing shit from the hospital. Well, that's fine. You before, gotta get rid of the demons. Before, that's, that's fine. Before performing an exorcism, though, should she illegal. be right? Shouldn't she be right in mind and, and yeah. spirit at that point? Not well, thievery. You should also have the backing of the Catholic Church behind you while you yeah, do this, but. I, all I'm picturing right now is like a dark version of Ghostbusters where you got the different versions and they're going to cross the stream at some point. Absolutely. So this is what's basically <laughs> happening. And it's and, and by the way, at one point in juncture, they are just all saying different shit at the same time. Yeah. The one guy's speaking in tongues. The one guy's saying some shit from the Bible. She's saying something from the Bible. Santorini ladies do. And they, they're just getting fucking mocked by these girls. This is why I said the girls were awesome in this yeah. movie. When they were, because they the makeup on them, it looked good, but it, we've seen the similar. I wish they would have done something different because we've seen that before. That's not on the girls. The girls were phenomenal because the girls are just like ruthlessly mocking them. And and once again, obviously it's them acting. Yeah. And I thought that they did a great job with this. Uh, I would have wrote the lines a little better. Although there is a funny callback because at one point in juncture, uh, I can't remember which pastor does does something with a cross, and she just looks at him. She's like, "Oh, what does the power of Christ compel you?" Yeah. Like that's what the demon says to <laughs> to the pastor. It's hilarious. Oh. So like. Now, nothing's working, but the Santorini lady's got a trick up her fucking sleeve. She's got this shit brewing in the bathtub, and she goes and gets some of it. And she has the, the, the snake charmer guy, that's what I'll call him for now. She's got him, like, putting these bowls down, and the demons look kind of fucking like, what is going on? Like, they're kind of perplexed, because nobody's supposed to touch them for obvious reasons. And she grabs this fucking, like, sponge and shoves it in this water that's got all this shit in it and fucking starts dousing these bitches with it. And these two girls are like, ah, yeah. ah. 
Like it's crazy. And then she lights the she yo know, dude, she fire breathed into a fucking uh fireplace. fireplace to make it fucking light up. Because these girls cough up this fucking black shit and then she catches in these bowls and then like this like smoke kind of bellows out of their mouth into the air and then the black smoke from the fireplace kind of gets rid of that and dissipates it but before when the black smoke hits it you can kind of see the demon a little bit like that's the whole point and like the father has to go out and dump the fucking uh, stuff away away from to the east away from the house away from the house facing east yeah, that was the direct instructions. In the meantime, Tony, the other dad, the bitch ass dad, as he already pointed yeah. out, he had, he had left at one point because he couldn't do it no more. He couldn't do it. Tony couldn't do it. So while he's out there, Victor takes a chance to take a shot at the priest as he knocks on the window of his car because he's still out there praying in his car. And he goes, You know, the fight's in there. And he goes back inside. I didn't hear no bell yet. <laughs> so this is where it gets fucking wild. And I will give him credit. This is this is one of the scenes in the exorcism part that got wild. Because this is where the devil finally gives tips the hand a little bit. Devil says, listen, I know about everybody in this goddamn room. And the first thing is his daughter looks at him, Angela looks at Victor, and goes, you don't believe. You believe in nothing. And it terrifies him. And then he turns around, and then the devil says, listen, you didn't even want me. You didn't choose me. You were stuck with me. Yeah. And you find out. That, that he chose, chose the wife. Well, yeah, but they couldn't the only, save they couldn't save the wife, so they just saved the daughter. Instead. That's the only logical conclusion. Nobody wants to be a single dad. <laughs> and in the meantime, Catherine is kind of playing on her religious holier than thou parents about I don't want to burn in hell, <laughs> which is the demon. It's not her. Yeah. So basically, they then give him the ultimatum: like you got to pick one of us. You're going to choose. One lives, one dies. One lives, one dies. So Victor's like, I'm not choosing. I'm not choosing either of you. And the, mother, and the mother, mother, the mother looks at Victor and goes, "I'm not choosing either." And the father's in the other room crying like a little bitch. Let's yeah, just go down the balcony. He was, he was crying like a bitch. Oh. So, anyways, See, I thought for a minute there when he when he poured the stuff down the drain down the, the the drain in the outside the di. I thought for a minute there because it would maybe float back towards yeah. the house. <laughs> I thought maybe that would have done something, which would have been interesting to me. But that, that would have been. There's a lot that they missed yeah, here. Yeah. There's a lot of missed opportunities. That's why I said this was mid at best for an exorcism yeah. scene. So now they're not going to choose. So now the demons are trying to fuck with them, right? And in comes the pastor. Here comes the father, the Catholic church. He's coming in, fucking Bible and Quran. He grabs onto both the girls' heads. He's reciting the fucking exorcism prayer. They're going, doing their uh, shit. And then all of a sudden, they start laughing. And the priest's head does what? It goes backwards. It starts twisting until his head is snapped completely behind his head and he falls to the ground. And they just laugh. And again, they, she drops the line, God lied to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, that was cool. I, 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 yeah, that one was one of the things that came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, that was fucking cool. That, okay, I'll that, give you that. That's where I think they should have ended the movie. Exactly. Because they should have just left the two girls winning the battle and yeah. we pick it up in the sequel. Because what do you do after the priest is dead? Because he comes in like the you know the Catholic priest, the yeah. exorcist is going to fucking this. save us. I'm, nah, bro, you're dead. So they don't end the movie there, which would have been logical, that's as you point out. That's what happens when the diocese doesn't back you. So now, <laughs> now Victor's trying something. Victor's like, Victor takes the scarf from his dead wife and puts it over. That's your mother's. You're in there, baby. You're in there. I've always wanted you. I know that, you know, whatever. I, I love you. You're everything. That, like, And then the mother starts pleading with Catherine. So, like, they're not choosing either one purposely. They've, they've, they've kind of, with it, or you saw it, with their yeah. eyes, they made a pact that we're not going to make the choice. We're not going to give the devil what the devil wants. We're going to just, we're fucking in this together, the mother and Victor. 
and they're they're just like they're trying to plead yeah. because they feel like maybe if they can get the girls to fight the demon, maybe this is how we win. And you know, the whole time, you know, Angela's just like, "You just have to choose me." You just have, mind you, you, you know, it's the fucking yeah. demon. And the other one's like, "Yeah, why won't you choose me?" And all of a sudden, from the other fucking room, <laughs> you hear Tony bitch ass dad yell, "I choose you, Catherine. I choose you." And then she smiles. And she smiles. And next thing you know, fucking Angela is now out of her fucking, uh, is breaking free from all of the fucking cuffs yeah. and shit, and is floating in the air. And she spews up whatever the fuck toxic shit that was. Yeah. Before falling to the ground dead, because we can hear the heart monitor. She's dead. So, you know, Victor, of course, has his daughter, and, you know, the other ones are unhooking Catherine, and she seems to be back to normal. And then... You have to remember that this is a movie where the devil is in charge. And I knew this was going to happen the whole fucking time. Oh, yeah. Next thing you know, Catherine's eyes roll back in her fucking head. And her heart starts going a little weird. And then we get walked back to that little, you know, we were talking about that underpass area. All of a sudden, Catherine's in that underpass area. And she's like, Mommy, I don't want to die, whatever. And all of a sudden, she gets fucking pulled in the water by this fucking demon. And he, the demon goes, I choose you, Catherine. <laughs> it pulls her down. I shit you not, I wish that was not a line of dialogue. Yeah. That is almost exactly how it's delivered. Yeah. Uh, That's right, in a movie. That's how they deliver yeah. it. So now we come back in the room uh, and she's uh, fucking dead because her heart monitor goes off. And who comes back to life? Angela. Angela. So Angela lives. Catherine dies. The devil, of course, why would the devil go with the one that was picked? You picked her. That's why I pick you too. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Devil's, they have two other kids. They're fine. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a tricky bastard. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, oh, it's not over, though. So, now we get this. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's, it's not over yet. Diesel, come with me now. It's not over yet. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking you guys were being a little harsh, because like up to this point, I'm like, all right, this sounds pretty cool. Oh. I make it sound way better than what it is. I'm just going to throw it out there. So, so uh, we're not done yet. So, now we get the voice of Ant. Now, the cops show up, because they call the cops <laughs> in the ambulance. Mind you, nobody goes to fucking jail. The there's cops, a dead priest. Yeah, headbound backwards. <laughs> and there's a dead girl. The cops and, are not equipped and, to deal with this. And two chairs with chains and heart monitor, stolen equipment from the hospital. Hey, the, the whatever town PD, they don't kink shame. <laughs> Anyways, so the, 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 well, the head detective there, she's just all like, you had to do what you had to do pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she gives him the hat, you had to do what you had to do look. It's fucking crazy, right? So, once again, you know movies. They never make sense. Because in real life, if they show up, right now, if they come to Dragon Master Games and they found a dead priest and a dead young child, we're all going to jail. It doesn't matter that we were performing an exorcism or not. We're fucking going to jail, okay? That's just how it rolls. Yeah, we're going to jail until they straighten that shit out. We're going to jail, period, because they're never going to believe us that we fucking were doing an exorcism. We're never going to believe that the little girl just fucking snapped the priest's neck. They're never going to believe it. Anyways, taking that aside, I just had to point that out because now we get to talk over the voiceover from Anne. And down, but he, by the way, she does a great job. But she's talking to. It's just what she's saying is what's important. So the only person asking the asking any questions, mind you, it's not the same day because it's daylight when this is happening. Is that detective, and she's talking to Anne, and Anne goes into this long monologue. 
And basically saying that, you know, a lot of things happen that night and, and in the world people can't explain. And sometimes you just have to remember that there's forces that we can't be seen and that nobody's way is the necessarily the right way. It's just as long as we can come together and work together, we will be okay. And everybody will. And then everybody's going to like go, you know, everybody's going to have to have their cross to bear. You don't walk out of anything unscathed. So they show like Angela walking through the halls of school and sitting in class and looking over where Catherine's chair would be. And then they show Catherine's, you know, dad sitting at a diner and her mom's walking in and he's just sitting there with his head sullen and down and like they show all this stuff and and you know she goes through this whole thing and basically it's this community family you know you know blah 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 so then we get to the end of it and you go to Alan Bernstein's hospital room where she's still got the, you know, the bandages because she's fucking got stabbed in the eyes by a cross and she's sitting in the room and mind you during the the funny part is during the exorcism the lights are flickering in her room too and she's not even in the same house yeah and she can't see and she can't see them flickering <laughs> but she's reacting to it which was kind of weird yeah oh. so so anyways she's she's in the room and the door opens and she goes victor is that you and no answer because who else would be visiting her victor's been good about coming to see her and the person comes up and grabs her hand, and that's when you realize that it's a white woman's hand, not a black man's hand. And the camera pans back, and who is it? Linda Blair. <laughs> yep, Linda Reagan. Blair is Regan. Yep. As in the movie, at the last scene, she goes, which, no, mother, it's me. Which didn't need to happen. Right, which steps on their fucking sequel, which we'll talk about in a minute, right? Because I, I had this whole thing like, hey, there still could be some things salvaged, but not now. Uh, so... You you have Linda Blair, and that's pretty much where the movie ends. Yeah. Then we get the fucking classic Exorcist music with the red title cards, and uh, the first one up, of course, is featuring Linda Blair, who's in the movie for literally two seconds. And that's why, if I, what I said earlier, if you go on to IMDb, it spoils that reveal because Linda Blair is the first one mentioned. Which is horrible. Which is weird, because she's in it for two seconds. I get it. It's exciting she's back, but you should hide that, because... That, the reason why it happens at the end and nobody knows is because you know that was supposed that was supposed to be the ah, moment in the theater. Even though everybody in the theater was like, "Why the fuck would you put that there?" Yeah. Anyways, that's the end of the movie. To garner excitement for the next one. So, so positives. I can run through the positives. And add some if you want, because I, I think we want to spend some time on a couple other things. But other says positives. Movies. It was shot well. It did look good. Uh, the makeup effects were fine. I, I just would have liked them to be more creative, but the effects themselves were good. I, they just It just looked like a demon-possessed movie, period. Right. Uh, I thought the acting in this movie was fantastic. I thought, you know, Leslie Odom Jr. was amazing. I thought I believed everything that he was going through yeah. all through the movie. The girls were amazing, especially as the demons. That was cool shit. And to find out that the girl that plays Catherine has never acted before. This is her first movie. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Uh, you know, I thought that, you know, other than the bitch-ass dad tony fuck him yeah <laughs> still he's still somewhere crying like a bitch but anyways fuck him uh, other than him i thought every character i could really relate to in some ways even to. even the weird ones i do question putting ann dowd next tour as the neighbor who just happens to have the book and just happens to have the backstory and also just Bottom happens armor. to be the fucking uh, uh nurse and just happens to know the priest yes it's, it's fucking massive plot armor the whole character of ann is one big yeah. giant fucking plot armor piece uh, not saying anything. I thought she was good in the movie. Nothing away from her as an actress. But she could have been. Her role was just like that. Her role served to be plot armor for the whole fucking movie. Like she, she could have been. She could have been a librarian. She could have been a school teacher. She, she was been, the bridge. Yeah. She was the bridge to Ellen Bernstein. Yeah. She was the bridge yeah. to the Catholic Church. She was like, the bridge. She was she, the fucking bridge. She could have been. It could have been anybody else, and it didn't matter. As much as she was traveled, she could have been the Brooklyn fucking bridge. I'm just throwing it out there. Big negative, obviously. 
Uh, other positives, the first half of the story. The first yeah. half of this movie, the first about 55 minutes to an hour of this film is... I, want, I don't want to say phenomenal, but it's such a good world builder. We get introduced yeah. to these girls. We get introduced to the families. And even though the fucking Catherine's family is a little fucking weird because they're Jesus freaks or whatever. Uh, and the other end of it, you have, you know, Victor, who's doing the best that he fucking can. And you, you can see that she's loved. And you met her mother in that brief little bit in the beginning. And you could tell that her mother wanted to be with her. Yeah. It was such a good fucking story. And all the building that they do, you don't know. Maybe those people put the fucking demon in her when she was in the fucking fetus. Because they don't tell us that part of the story, right? We don't know that they were opening up the fucking thing until it happens. Yeah. And then we don't even know what really happens until later in the fucking movie. So there's all these things that they kind of red herring out there that I'm like, this is ingenious because I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah. And then they just fuck it all up. Yes, I agree. Because it becomes formulaic. That's it. They just go, oh, this is how a requel is done. We're going to bring back the legacy character, and then the legacy character is going to have a conflict with one of the new characters, and then still the legacy character is going to, because even after she was blinded, she's the one that gave the, you need to come together to get rid of this demon. Which she still didn't need her at all in this movie. Exactly. And it just, you know, it, like I said, they borrowed a lot from what they did in Halloween with community and neighbors and all in together. Now, I don't know if that's what Danny McBride and fucking David Gordon Green are into. That's fine if they are, but guys, come up with a better plot fucking device. Yeah. Like, honestly. Like, Evil Dies Tonight is not the plot device for every fucking movie you make. I would have been happier if they connected freaking Halloween and Exorcist. They should have just... Michael Myers should have came out at the end and just sliced someone's throat. I'd have been like, okay, that's fine. We're yeah. good. We're fucking... That, that, that tracks. It would have made... It would have been more interesting. So, instead of it being Victor, it should have been like... You should have... Uh, as soon as, like, uh, she... The hand got grabbed, you should have heard the fucking... Mi the fucking Halloween theme, and it just shoots up, and the knife comes down. You don't even have to see this fucking stabbing. You just have to see the knife go up and go down. You're like, fuck yeah, we're in. Yeah. We've connected right. two franchises together. If we're going to murder them both, might as well have them together. I, I, I actually can agree with you on that. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. Um... Listen, I can't stress this enough. Like, this is not a normal likes and dislikes. I think we're just going in. I can't stress this enough. There was, like, scenes where you're like, man, I just wish there was more. I wish there was more. To like, how is it that the Santorini doctor gets this spirit thing, like, out of them, but they're still fucking possessed? Like, it doesn't... Yeah. They then, don't well, ever follow up on it. That, and she had two candles lit, and then when Catherine dies, she... Puts she, the one well, candle she out. She puts the one candle out. Doesn't explain anything else. Like, what are you going to do? Leave the other candle lit the whole entire time? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you got to track that the one's dead. <laughs> the, candle, the candle symbolizes her life. I get it. <laughs> and the biggest, and the biggest mistake, the biggest mistake that I'm going to say here, and then I'll let you, whatever you want to add on, Ron, the biggest mistake is you had pretty much a kind of ingenious way for a sequel. You had this whole subtext of Regan the whole time. Yeah. The whole time you had the, she's in hiding. She doesn't want anything to do with me. You had the fucking demon writing her name into yeah. the fucking wall, which nobody saw. You had the mention of her from yeah. Catherine, who's also the demon. We're, we're obviously thinking this is Pazuzu because that's who it was in the first movie. So obviously Pazuzu wants Regan. Because the only one that got away from him. Because Pazuzu wants Regan. So here's the thing. Through this, somehow she Pazuzu lures in Chris McNeil. Through Chris, I can lure in Regan. That's cool. Why was Regan so willing to come out of hiding at the end of the movie? You should have saved it for the next movie. You should have left more peril for Chris. And when it, because Pazuzu comes back, possesses somebody else. Chris is in danger because she's fucking blind. <laughs> yeah. You know, Victor and them are trying to help because, hey, let's keep those characters around because I thought they were good. And then to save the day, you have to have, and then that's when you bring back. Yeah. Because 
now you've done it and now we've all seen it. We've seen Linda Blair. So if you bring her back in the sequel, it's like, oh, we've already seen Linda Blair. So I'm assuming that's still their goal. Their goal is that Pazuzu wants Regan. True. So that's what they're going to do in the next movie, I promise you. Which is tentatively titled Deceiver, right? The yeah. answer's just Deceiver. So, so that's what they'll do in the second installment. Or if they get one. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. At this point, we I don't mean, know. Technically, they were greenlit for two, but yes. and it was the third one that wasn't technically greenlit. And technically, so. they have made their money back as far as the budget for this film. They did not chuck into any of that other budget, no. but they did make the budget for the film back. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, they could have if they would have left her out, I think it would have been a better move. Should have left her out. I, I don't even think you bring in the mother. I think you leave her out of it, too. Oh, she didn't even make any sense yeah. here, except then, for that legacy portion. That's the only reason yeah. you should have, If you're going to bring her in for that legacy portion, that makes sense. But when you bring Linda Blair back at the end, then you were yeah. she was definitely not needed. And I, it should have ended with the the demon winning. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Well, once, well, once, it sounds like the demon did win. Well, he yeah. did get one soul. Yeah. And he really wasn't cast out. Yeah. That's true. Technically, well, you don't know. I mean, they can go either way. Well, technically, he's right. Technically, that technically the demon does win in a way, but it's not a definitive win. No, uh, like you have to do some hurdle jumping. Like you, you know, just to get there, it's true. You have to do some hurdle jumping. Yeah, he got a soul. The whole thing was to make them choose. It's the devil. That's what the devil does. Yeah. But the problem is, is that like at the end of the movie, and there was no bonus scene. There was no signs of the next victim or the next. You know, yeah. is it still a glint of that inside of Angela? Did it move on to somebody yeah. else in that room? Because obviously, if you're setting up another movie, the you, demon has to come back. Yeah, so that's why you should have ended with them still being possessed. Right, because then you would have already had the possessed. Because once Catherine dies, yeah, he took her soul to hell, but that possessed body's dead. Yeah. So if you would have even just left her alive. Like, there's a way that you could have done it. You could have just done, Angela got freed from it because of the picking. I chose you. And the only person that knows that they got chose was Catherine. And then Catherine goes back to normal. Yeah. And the devil walks amongst us because the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he never existed. Yeah. That's that's how I would have wrote the fucking movie. I'm, but then again, I'm not the one writing the movie. So. <laughs> But uh, do you want to add anything in there? Because no, I like, thought we were pretty thorough. On you're thorough on it all. It's just like the, you broke it down into halves, but like the third act for me, it was like seemed rushed too. Oh yeah, it was yeah, real the, quick. Like that—that that was the you do all this world building and then you just rush this ending to get to an ending that doesn't really work. And that's where, like you said, making sense of it, and it should have ended when the priest died. Yeah. We shouldn't even gotten the decision portion. We should have just gotten when the yeah. priest died. It should have been like, oh shit, all hope is lost. Yeah. And that's where the movie should have been boop, cut to black. And you'd have been like, what the fuck? So you, when you're coming back in, you the last thing you would have seen, even though it was clunky at the end anyways, but the last thing you would have seen was a really cool death scene with the priest. And then like, oh shit, they're fucked. What yeah. are they going to do next time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, same bat channel, same bat time. Yeah. I think, and then I think you would have gotten people talking a little bit more better for this and possibly going to see it. Cause I think people, uh, for the most part, like a lot of people didn't like it. I get it. But there's a lot of people who could have said, well, the first part was good. It was clunky there in the middle, but it ended like, fuck yeah. yeah. So if you would have left it down that cliffhanger, yeah, and it sets up a sequel beautifully. It's lobbing that sequel up. Because then you open the next movie, and you've got two girls that are still possessed. And what are we going to do? Yeah. And then maybe that's how you bring in Regan to save the day. Because there's only, you know, the, de the devil wants her. So, hey, you bring me that soul, and I'll give you back these two. Mm -hmm. And then we have the third movie. Desperate parents go to kidnap her. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. But I'm saying you you could have. Don't do really... anything to save their daughters. Yeah. So that and, involves. And, and, and think about it. Chris McNeil can't do anything. She she's she's blind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the demon already blinded her. She's done. She's out of this game. Yeah. 
So I think there's a lot. There's a lot you could have done with. I'm calling it now, though. They're going to trap the demon inside of her, who's not able to see. (laughs) I'm I'm not even joking. That's what's. That's how they're going to like trap her, trap the demon. It could be. (laughs) Good. Good. You never know. All right. Well, now that we have broken down our full spoiler review, it is now time to play. Time to play the game. That's right, it's time to play the game, and of course, uh, Diesel is your reigning champion going into the game, and the game is played simply like this. It is, uh, we're going to give scores from around the internet, the two gentlemen are going to guess those scores, and of course, closest to the number without going over, better known as Price is Right rules, R.I.P. Bob Barker, Uh, we are going, we'll get a point, first of three points wins, and of course, if... It is a tie coming into the final question, which is the dreaded Google users. Uh, these gentlemen will be closest to the number because we don't do fucking ties. And if it has to be worth two points, so be it. Either way, we will have a definitive winner. Diesel, since you are the challenger, you do not have to go first. That honor goes to Ron. Ron, are you ready to play the game? Let's go. All right. IMDB, out of 10, using points, what did they give the Exorcist Believer? 6.5. Diesel. I should just go one, but I want to play like legit. We'll go five. Diesel's got a five, and you were 6.5, correct? And Diesel gets the point, 5.2 out of 10. I just thought it was one of those weird ones that it was going to be stupidly stupid on IMDb. Yeah, sometimes it happens. Next up, Metacritic Diesel. You'll be going first. Remember, this is critics only. Out of 100%, what did they give The Exorcist Believer? 55. Ronald. Uh... See, I, I think the beginning pushes it just enough for critics, so I'm going to go 56. 55, 56, and... Oh, we busted. 39%. 39%. Well, the overall movie. I just thought the beginning was enough to push the critics over. That's fine. Diesel's still up one to nothing. Ron, you'll go first here. This is Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Remember the critics of Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give The Exorcist Believer? 39. Diesel. I don't want to be that dick, but in my head I was saying 40. <laughs> go ahead. 100% was 39, going 40, and... Ooh. I didn't go low enough. 23%. They ain't getting two. They ain't, we ain't getting what? deceiver. And okay, so that means... Diesel, you're still up one nothing. Yeah. And next up will be the, of course, Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, Diesel, you are going first. What did they give the Exorcist Believer? 57. Ron. One. One dollar, Bob. 57. I have to try. And I'll tell you this much. For the win, Diesel. And you almost busted 58%. Ooh, I was one off. Because we don't do ties. Even yeah. if I make the last one worth two points, it's yeah. not going to work. So Diesel no, is your good. winner and retainer. But for funsies, let's guess the Google user. Uh, Ron, you'll go first. Out of 100%, what do Google users give the Exorcist Believer? With all these scores, I'm going to go low and say 75. That is low for Google score. I'm going to say in 2023, the 82 is the new 666. 82%. <laughs> you know what? Ron would have gotten it. It was 65%. Holy shit. Even Google users gave this 65%. And I do, I will say this. I believe a lot of people criticize this movie based on the fact of the name The Exorcist. And and I get that. I do. I went in and I went the opposite way. I was like, I know it's never going to live up to being The Exorcist. So I'm just going to go in it as a a movie. 
And I just felt disappointment. And yeah. that's why I said earlier, the disappointment had nothing to do with the movie title, The Exorcist. But I understand a lot of people, that name brought even more disappointment. I agree. So there he is. All right. Well, now that we've found out what the internet scores are, it is now finally time to give our scores. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And of course, we are going to give first the nerd score filed by my critic score. And the nerd score is, is it's a recommendation score that's based off our critic score mixed with an entertainment score. So that means that even if it critically is low and it was super, it, and it was entertaining, it can drive the score up and vice versa. Now, with that being said, the nerd scale, which the nerd score is on, is only five parts and five parts only. And those five parts are a one, which is no. That means it's a terrible movie that you should never watch. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, eh, it's good. This is like an average to good film. It's not groundbreaking. You don't need to go spend money on it. You're not going to add to your collection. You're probably only going to watch it once. You're never probably going to watch it again. But you didn't feel like it was a complete waste of your time. At least you got something out of it. A four is just take my money. This is movies that you can go see in the theater, buy on Blu-ray. You might even add it to, not only will you add it to your collection, you might add it into your rotation. These are the very good to great films. And you're definitely going to not be, you're going to watch it more than once. That's kind of the cutoff. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air known as Certified Nerd. These are for the legendary movies. These are for like Jaws, Jurassic Park. These are like the movies that when they re-release them, you're going to go see them. You're going to add them to your collection. They're going to be in a rotation. You're going to watch them frequently. These are the creme de la creme, if you will. So now that that's all out of the way, we're going to start with you, Ron. Because there's only two of us who can give a score anyways. So we're going to start with you. On the nerd scale, what is your score for The Exorcist Believer and why? This is definitely a two. It's a two. Ooh, I've been warned. Like I said, I wasn't like the beginning of this movie set up that world that you really needed to. And like you said, it fell off at the end and we get it. Uh, the acting was actually really good with everybody, even the, 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 the father of Catherine being a whiny little bitch. He was crying like a bitch. Like, and like when you first meet him, he's like beeping the car horn, like, get out of my way. That's not the place where you're supposed to park the cars, drop off the kids. He's a male character. Yeah, yeah, basically. And it, like everybody does great in this. He's a bitch. <laughs> Um, but it's, and I know I said thumbs in the middle. I mean, like when, when it comes on max or wherever you're going to watch it, you know, whatever streaming service, watch it there. Uh, if you feel the need to, if you don't want to trust me, you're not really missing anything. It's just one of those movies. I always, I said, I wasn't upset that I saw it, but it all depends where it goes. But unfortunately we probably won't see where it goes. So (laughs) that's why it's a two. All right, so I'm, I'm not even going to bury the lead. I'll give you the, the score right in front. I'm also giving it a two. Ooh, I've been warned. And the reason I'm giving it a two and not a one, because there's so many ways to think. That first hour of the film actually had me intrigued. So I, most of its points, and even when I give my credit score, it comes from that first half of the film. We never got to see an ending to that story, unfortunately. We never got to see that story build it upon, and that's why it's disappointing. Because there was a story in there, there was something they could have done there that was really ingenious. And I know I threw some ideas out there, but even take my ideas away. Just go with the fact that you had a world that you built, and if you would have stayed in that world, you could have done some good stuff. And instead, you went to a different route. It is what it is. That, that was the mistake. And that's really what it was. Also, when I get my critic score, I, I got to be honest. The only thing that I liked in the second half of this film was the priest when he gets his next snap. Yeah. Because that I did, that was the only thing in the second half of the film that I didn't rightfully call. Yeah. Because I was like, oh. Because I was actually, when that scene started up, I was like, 
they're going to make the Catholic Church the fucking hero here? <laughs> like, because he does. He comes in like fucking He-Man, and he's like, lays hands on the girls, and he's going in, and they look like they are in agony and pain, yeah. and they're arching back, and, you know, and we, we've known from the original movie, and you're just like, man, somehow, in 2023, the Catholic Church is going to be the, the, the hero. This is fucking weird, man. Like, I understand why they were in 73, but 2023, yeah, that's a whole other time. And then they were like, nah, now nah, they're not the hero. And I was like, I was kind of all right with that. That part I was good with. It was just like everything else. So out of ten, I was I was thinking about this real long and hard. I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a four out of ten. Okay. I, I was gonna bring it up a little more. I just feel I like I I would give it slightly more for that first half, honestly. But since I never got the payoff, yeah. I can't give it more. I wish I got the payoff for that movie. I want to see the movie that should have followed that open. Yeah. Honestly, I, that's the movie I want to see. If there's a cut out there somewhere, if it's like, I don't know, David Gordon Green, if the studio made you do some shit, blink twice, first of all. <laughs> and secondly, if you have a director's cut that gives us the movie that should have been connected to the first part, please release that shit on Blu-ray, DVD, Steelbook, something, because I'll watch that movie. But this movie, the way it ended, man, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm a glutton for punishment, so if there is a sequel, me and Ron will probably review that some bitch. But I'm not excited I, for it. I, I will review it just because, like I said, I want to see where it goes. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm a completionist, and that's why I watch terrible movies that I know are going to be terrible. And I mean, granted, we didn't do the Nun, but to be fair, we never reviewed the first Nun movie. Yeah. And I to only just watched the first Nun movie. And I feel bad for you. You should have <laughs> heeded my warning. Uh, so, to be fair... That's why we have no pressure to do The Nun 2. Uh, but since we did this movie, we do have pressure to do the sequel to this and movie. And we'll probably get The Nun 3. And we're skipping that one, too. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Uh, the next Conjuring movie we'll go see, though. Anyways, <laughs> with that being said, though, yeah, I gave it a 4 out of 10. And uh, both of us gave it a You Have Been Warned, so a 2 on the nerd scale. Now, if you would like to give us your opinions of The Exorcist, whether you agree with us or disagree with us about the... Oh, sorry, The Exorcist Believer. I don't want to get that confused. Uh, please hit us up on the social medias. And if you want to find those social medias or any other links, go to 3fnpodcast.com. Now, before we go, Ron, I do believe you have a little bit of business to take care of. One out of ten stars. Such a boring universe. Don't waste your time. A universe without rules. They just shooting random things and they say it's magic. One out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks, people. It's such a boring universe, but yet they're shooting things all over the place. What are the other bitch? Oh, I, I do like the return to a one, though. I just, <laughs> I just, I just will say this. First of all, at least they complained and gave it a one <laughs> instead of complaining and still giving it a six. So we'll give them credit there. And second, if she, if this, if this person, uh, I don't know if it was a woman or a man. Mm. We don't, we don't, and you know what? We don't conform to that. Uh, you know, they, whatever they decide to be, we appreciate and respect it. And Diesel also respects it. If you want to see magic shit shooting all over the place, just visit Big Natty Cool's house, uh, set up an appointment, and he can make sure the magic shit shoots out of a wand all over the place. Even all over you if you choose. I just, you know, it's all in consent. Oh, some of that magic spewing fucking lands all over the place and makes a mess. Yeah. And if oh. it lands in the right spot, it could also make some magic in your tummy. Oh. <laughs> Depending upon what gender you are or what you identify as. Uh, with that being said... Uh, I that think them pussies got me acting a certain kind of way. <laughs> oh, I, we know it does, Diesel. We know it does. With that, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the 3FN podcast. Next week, we will be back with the 3FN Movie Club review of The Demolition Man for its 30th anniversary. Can you believe it's been 30 years since The Demolition Man came out? 
Well, we're going to talk all about a world where Taco Bell is the only restaurant and the three shells will save your booty hole. With that being said, for myself and the guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Oh, hell no. Them little bitches got the demon in them. Harry Potter just sucks people. (laughs) 